Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, bestsellers, and books that are out of print. For more information, please visit their website at bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago or call them at 773-239-1110. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. Hi, I'm Peter Creighton, and welcome to a very special birthday celebration for the world's greatest fictional detective. The character of Sherlock Holmes has lived in our collective imagination for over 130 years. During that time, he has conquered print, radio, television, and film. In fact, it's safe to say that he may be more popular today than when he was first published in the Strand Magazine in 1891. So to celebrate Holmes' birthday, I wanted to explore his popularity and why he has never really left the forefront of our collective imagination. If anything, he's gone on to inspire countless other great fictional consulting detectives, while essentially giving birth to modern fandom. To find answers to these questions, I recently spoke with a Sherlockian expert. Peter Blau is the secretary of the Baker Street Irregulars, the very first Sherlock Holmes society in the United States. In our conversation, Peter discusses how the Baker Street Irregulars were first founded, why he loves all the Sherlock Holmes stories, and how the character connects people from all different societies and backgrounds. Here now, my conversation with Peter Blau. All right, I'm Peter Blau, and I'm the secretary of the Baker Street Irregulars. Let's just start at the beginning. Uh, How did you first discover Sherlock Holmes? Well, I don't remember I assume that I read my first Sherlock Holmes story in an anthology in in school, in grade school or junior high school, because that's how most of my generation found the Sherlock Holmes stories in books like that. But I read so much that Sherlock Holmes didn't leap out and grab me by the throat. Uh, And I, I I also was imprinted by Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce because, of course, I went to see those movies every Saturday morning and uh, listen to the radio programs. Yeah, and I think I think that's one thing people forget. We see the, the 13 or 14 movies they did, but the radio shows between Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce, I mean, I think they number either in the hundreds or thousands that they, they produced. Well, hundreds, certainly. And, of course, in those days, you didn't have television, uh, so radio was how you got your entertainment and going to the movies once a week if you were lucky. But you'd sit there every night and listen to radio broadcasts, Captain Midnight and Don Winslow of the Navy and Doc Savage and Sherlock Holmes. Do you have a, uh, a favorite Sherlock Holmes story at all? No, I'm mean about that. When people ask you what's your story, favorite story, I always say the story I read most recently. <laughs> so what's this? Because all of the stories are great fun. Uh, there is none of the stories... It doesn't have interesting things in it. However, the most popular stories, I think, are uh, The Adventure of the Speckled Band and The Adventure of the Red-Headed League. Those are the two stories you find most often in school collections uh, because The Speckled Band is a great 
gothic young girl in peril story. And the Redheaded League is really outre. I mean, that's, it's weird. So, and they're fun. They are absolutely fun. Just a real basic question for you, too, again. What are the Baker Street Irregulars, and then how did this organization come together? Okay, well, the Baker Street Irregulars are a bunch of people who uh, claim they are devoted to keeping the memory green, making sure that people remember who Sherlock Holmes uh, is. There's not a lot of work involved in that. But most of us enjoy playing a game, which we call uh, the grand game, and that's pretending that Sherlock Holmes lived and lives today. And uh, the stories, most of them, were actually written by Dr. Watson, and Arthur Conan Doyle was Dr. Watson's literary agent. So we always honor him with a capital L and a capital A and post him as a literary agent. But the Baker Street Register was founded in 1934 by a man named Christopher Morley, who was a writer and an editor at the Saturday Review of Literature, and he liked to found clubs. He had all sorts of weird clubs, including one called the Three Hours for Lunch Club, which meant whenever somebody interesting came by the Saturday Review of Literature offices, and Morley would invite his guests and a few people to get together for a, a long lunch. And back in 1934, of course, there was a lot of uh, drinking going on, even though it was prohibition. And Morley then formed a club, and this is a complicated name, it's in German, called the Grillparzer Zittenpolizei of Rhine, which is named in honor of the Austrian dramatist Franz Grillparker, because on the way to a lunch in Conan, Morley happened to pick up a book, a biography of Grillparzer, and the Zittenpolizei of Rhine means Morals Police Society, because what they were doing is drinking in speakeasies. But Morley discovered that a lot of people in that club enjoyed the Sherlock Holmes stories. So they started quizzing each other. And in 1934, Morley wrote in his column, Trade Winds at the Saturday Review, uh, that there ought to be a society called the Baker Street Irregulars. So he founded it, and for a long time it was his friends, but his friends kept inviting their friends, and eventually... Uh, by the end of the 1930s, uh, there were so many people there, Morley didn't know, that he decided, no, there's too many people, let's stop. Uh, so it suddenly stopped for a couple of years, but had a very nice man named Edgar Smith, who was a vice president at General Motors, said, no, I'll do the work. So we started up again, and uh, we're still going strong. What does the organization typically do, other than just keeping the, the memory of Sherlock Holmes alive and playing the game, because there's some pretty interesting like research that the Irregulars have conducted on on Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson and Conan Doyle and and all that. So, yep. can you talk a little bit about some of those more academic research based uh, projects the Irregulars have sure. conducted? Well, first I got to explain that the Baker Street Irregulars do whatever they want to do. There's no rules and regulations. We've got all sorts of people in the Baker Street Irregulars. And all we do as a society is basically have an annual dinner in January in New York uh, on a Friday that's close to Sherlock Holmes's birthday, which we believe was January 6th. And we publish uh, a journal called the Baker Street Journal, which is where we publish people's research and 
news of what's going on. Uh, I tell everybody that there is a, a website, www.bakerstreetirregulars.com, where you can uh, find a link to uh, the Baker Street Journal and a chance to buy other books we've written. We publish a series of books. We have a manuscript series where we reprint facsimiles of some of the Sherlock Holmes manuscripts with scholarly apparatus articles. Well, some of some of the articles are scholarly, and some of them aren't. Uh, we have an international series where we take the, the dust of Sherlockian literature published in other languages and translate it into English, so that people here can be exposed to some of the stuff that people in other countries are doing. I say translated. We've also published volumes for Canadian and Australian literature, and I claim they need to be translated into English, too. <laughs> They're not too happy about that. <laughs> and let's see, every, every about every three years, we have a, a running of the Silver Blaze, the horse race in Saratoga in New York. And then every three years or so, we have a conference somewhere. We've had a, an excursion to the Valley of Fear, which is the Shenandoah Valley in Pennsylvania. We had an excursion to the country of the saints in Salt Lake City. Uh, that's from a study in Scarlet. And we've been to UCLA to do films and television. Uh, we were at Chautauqua to do, I don't know what theme we had, uh, but we have these, anybody can come to these. And, and uh, again, news of all of these things is at our website, uh, bakerstreetregulators.com. And it sounds like you guys really have fun with, with the organization, with what you do and everything. It's not just sitting there writing papers. It's going out into the world and just having a blast. Yes, absolutely. And, and what I think is interesting is many of the, well, I say scholarly or pseudo-scholarly papers, uh, focus in on points where we're not sure. One of the very nice things about uh, the Sherlock Holmes story is that they are full of contradictions and uh, uh, mistakes and things that need to be explained or explained away. And people come up with very ingenious ways of doing that. Uh, for instance, we celebrate Sherlock Holmes' birthday on January 6th, even though that's not in the Sherlock Holmes stories. And we believe he was born in 1854. And that's sort of in the story, because in one story uh, that takes place in 1914, that's the last file, it says that he was a man of 60 years. So you subtract 60 from 1914, you get 1954. But January 6th is really complicated. Christopher Morley announced it. And since he was the founder, everybody said fine. And nobody ever asked him why. So he never explained. Sherlockians have come up with some uh, intriguing explanations. One is that there's one Shakespeare play that is quoted two different times in the story, and it's Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. And Twelfth Night is January 6th. And someone else pointed out that in the opening of the Valley of Fear, uh, Watson for a change is at breakfast before Sherlock Holmes, who comes down late for breakfast, and someone suggested that Sherlock Holmes went up late the night before celebrating his birthday on January 6th and was slightly hungover on January 7th. <laughs> uh, so you can see we don't take ourselves too seriously. 
No, no. It, it sounds like you guys just have a lot of fun with the mythos of, of Sherlock yeah. Holmes. Now, the Baker Street Irregulars have had some pretty notable members in the organization over the years, just a few of them. You have um, Star Trek writer and director Nicholas Myers, uh, mm-hmm. the legendary science fiction writer Isaac Asimov, and even Presidents Harry Truman and Franklin Roosevelt were honorary members of the Baker Street Irregulars, yeah. which when I was doing my research, I was blown away uh, that two presidents, one uh, right after uh, the other, were um, with everything that was going on, they were still reading Sherlock Holmes and participating and just enjoying the literature. For you, what does that speak of the appeal of Sherlock Holmes and the Sherlock Holmes stories, that they can well, attract such a wide variety of people? We have Sherlockians from all walks of life. Uh, it, it was nice to be able to sit down for dinner with Isaac Asimov when he was alive, and I know Nick Meyer, and we have other writers like Neil Gaiman as a member, and Michael Durda, uh, but I never got to meet Roosevelt and Truman, but What's fun is to think about what it was like being president back in the 1940s. Even though there was a war on, yes, they had a chance to read books, and Roosevelt was a stamp collector. He had time to sit down and, and work on a stamp collection. It wasn't quite as high pressure as it is today, but we still have plenty of politicians who enjoy the Sherlock Holmes stories. Supreme Court Justice Alito just uh, mentioned uh, a Sherlock Holmes story during one of the questions in a case uh, two weeks ago at the Supreme Court. So we keep an eye on this sort of thing. But I think the great appeal of the Sherlockian world is we have all sorts of people. We have uh, FBI agents and teachers and lawyers and doctors, mailmen, uh, you name it. We've got them. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Uh, my dad's a Sherlock Holmes fan, and he's the one that got me into it when I was uh, yep. when I was younger. And it's incredible because the the character's approaching uh, 132 years old, and mm-hmm. we're still drawn to him. Yet he's not really the most lovable character in all of literature. He's kind of moody. He's he's cross with people, but yet he's kind of also like the first ever superhero in literature, isn't he? Yeah. Well, you know, people. Sometimes they ask me, what is it I like about Sherlock Holmes? And my answer always is nothing. He was not a likable person. He was rude. He was arrogant. I have a great deal of sympathy for Dr. Watson, who had to put up with him year after year after year. What I like is the Sherlockians, the people who enjoy the stories. The Sherlockians are what's interesting. But Sherlock Holmes is a wonderful character. Conan Doyle was really inspired when he created Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson and Professor Morty and Irene Adler. Conan Doyle was really a great writer. He was a good teller of tales, not just the Sherlock Holmes stories. I recommend the Brigadier Girard stories and the Professor Challenger stories. Uh, Conan Doyle is fun to read. That's the great appeal of the Sherlock Holmes stories. I completely agree with you. He is fun to read. Um, now, has the Baker Street Irregulars worked with his estate at all over the years? Uh, no. Uh, I wouldn't say worked with so much as, as had problems with. <laughs> uh, Conan Doyle's uh, children, uh, first his son Dennis, and then his son Adrian, 
uh, sometimes took umbrage at the idea of anybody making money off Sherlock Holmes. So they tried to prevent people uh, from doing things. And at one time, Adrian threatened to sue the Baker Street Irregulars if they didn't stop publishing the Baker Street Journal. And they happily ignored him and never got sued. After they died, his last surviving child, his daughter, Jean, had very good relations with the Baker Street Irregulars. She was a member, in fact, even though she never got to come to one of the meetings. But we've had good and bad relations with the estate. But Jean was a treasure. When the Baker Street Irregulars, which was a stag society for many years under Christopher Morley, in 1991, uh, Tom Sticks decided it was silly. And we brought in the first six women as full members of the Baker Street Irregulars. And Dame Jean was one of them. And now, now we have a lot. If you go to the Baker Street Irregulars website, there's one section devoted to the annual dinners. And you can go through and see the photographs. We have photographs of almost every dinner since 1934. And you can see from 1991 onward, the percentage of women increases. I, so I got kind of like an unusual question that I, I want to ask you. You know, when when Sherlock Holmes was first published in the 1880s, it was, you know, in the Strand Magazine and then in mm-hmm. the, the compilation stories and the books and that. Now we're in this, like, digital age. You know, a lot of people read yep. blogs and they're on their computer or their phones or, or, or what have you. Do you think a character like Sherlock Holmes could be as popular today um, as, like, a, a creature, like, created by digital means instead of being born of, of paper and books and that? Do you think the... the the popularity would still be there, or do you think the way he was created is the way he had to be? That's an interesting question. Uh, I think one of the, the things that's interesting about Sherlock Holmes is that he has appeared in so many different formats. He started out in print, uh, then on stage starting in, 18, in the 1890s, then in films starting in the early 1900s. Uh, then on radio, right? and then on television, and now uh, on, on, on the Internet, on your computer. Wherever you go, you can find Sherlock Holmes. Now, there are, there are superheroes around today. Uh, I confess I'm not uh, familiar with many of them, but Robert Downey Jr., who's done two Sherlock Holmes movies, uh, he's got this wonderful series, Iron Man. Uh, and Iron Man was, I believe, created in comic books and then is in films and is now on television and probably has more fans than Sherlock Holmes. Certainly there's a lot of people that really admire James Bond, thanks to Daniel Craig and others. So Sherlock Holmes isn't unique. He's just been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the greatest strength is is the character's adaptability, being able to go from print to radio to film to television mm-hmm. to podcast to everything under the sun now. Just another uh, uh, personal question for you. Uh, do you have a favorite Sherlock Holmes? Do you have like a favorite film or do you prefer him on the radio? Like what's your favorite favorite portrayal of the character? Well, again, I, I, I try to avoid that sort of thing. It's like I was 
you get imprinted. Basil Rathbone was my first Sherlock Holmes, and for many years, nobody else could be as good as Basil Rathbone until Jeremy Brett came along in the 1980s. And Jeremy Brett's Granada series was just spectacular. And there was a whole generation of Sherlockians who said, Jeremy Brett is it. No one can be better than Jeremy Brett. And then, lo and behold, Benedict Cumberbatch came along. And he's got a legion of fans. And someone once asked Jeremy Brett, did he ever think that anybody be better than he was as Sherlock Holmes. And he said, of course, he was looking forward to the next really good actor to be Sherlock Holmes. So it's wonderful to watch different actors do different things with Sherlock Holmes. I enjoy them all. I enjoyed Rathbone. I enjoyed Brett. I enjoyed Cumberbatch. I'm looking forward to the next one, too. Well, Peter, I, I only got one final question for you, and thank you so much for spending some of your uh, time today to talk to me about Sherlock Holmes. Um, but before we go, can you give the website again uh, very quickly for the Baker Street Irregulars? www.bakerstreetirregulars.com Be sure to go there and yeah. check everything out on the Irregulars and Sherlock Holmes. For those who have never read Sherlock Holmes, where would you tell them to start? Well, I would suggest with the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, Conan Doyle wrote two long stories, A Study in Scarlet and A Sign of the Four, and people were enthusiastic about those, but it wasn't until the short stories started appearing in the Strand magazine in July 1891 that Sherlock Holmes really took off. Uh, and they're great stories. Sherlock Holmes, I think, is better in the short stories and the long ones. But you start off with a scandal in Bohemia. It's a wonderful story. You read the first page of a scandal in Bohemia, and you won't know that it's a story about a detective. It's a romance story until the detective appears. And these are really good stories. So the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And if you, you buy the complete Sherlock Holmes, all 60, uh, skip over the study in Scarlet and the sign of the four, you can come back to them because, as I say, every story is a lot of fun. But most people think The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes have the book has the most really good stories, or the longer story, The Hound of the Baskervilles. That's not a story you want to read on a windy night with the branches rustling against the window. It's a spooky story. Peter, this has been an absolute pleasure talking with you uh, today. Thank you so much for giving some of your time. Right, glad to do it. And that was my conversation with Peter Blau. To learn more about the Baker Street Irregulars, please visit their website at bakerstreetirregulars.com. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation on literature's greatest consulting detective, Sherlock Holmes. I hope I've enticed you enough to go and pick up and read a Sherlock Holmes story. If I may be so bold, I'd like to recommend The Five Orange Pips. That one's my favorite. I'm Peter Creighton, and thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from ordinary radio.